Listener Production. Along with the Spice Girls, Beanie Babies and the Macarena, the 90s brought us wireless technologies which freed us from the mess of cables connecting our desktop computers to the internet and our headphones and speakers to our CD and cassette tape players. Today, it's almost impossible to remember the world before Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, technologies now so ubiquitous that even our hairbrushes, juices and coffee pod machines come internet connected. I'm Petra Stock, and today I'm asking the why in Wi-Fi and pillaging the details on Nordic cousin Bluetooth. Okay, let's start with one important fact already familiar to many Australians. Wi-Fi is an Australian invention and not even one we've nicked from New Zealand because we think no one will notice. Developed in 1992, Dr John O'Sullivan and colleagues at the CSIRO created Wi-Fi out of mathematics developed for the purpose of recording nanosecond pulses of radio waves from exploding black holes. CSIRO's technology was actually called Wireless LAN, short for Local Area Network. The catchy title we know it by today, Wi-Fi, was actually the work of a branding agency, Interbrand, who also designed its little symbol of waves expanding from a point. Sad to say, Wi-Fi doesn't stand for anything. It's just a meaningless, rhymy riff-off from Hi-Fi. Bluetooth is weirder. Developed by Ericsson in 94, this one is named after a 10th century king of Denmark, Harold Blatan, or Bluetooth, apparently so named because of his dead tooth. The historical figure is most famous for uniting Norway and Denmark in the year 958, which lasted until 1814 a metaphor chosen by its developers in hopes of uniting the warring industries of PC and mobile via a short-range wireless link. Initially, Bluetooth was just a code name, meant to be replaced with something more serious and infinitely more boring, like radio wire or personal area networking. But the companies involved couldn't complete a full trademark search in time for the launch in 1998. Even the logo reflects the story. Its overlapping Nordic runes H and a B, the Viking King's initials. So how do they actually work? Wi-Fi and Bluetooth both operate over radio waves, similar to walkie-talkies, mobile phones, televisions and radios. But say, while AM and FM radio transmits in the kilohertz or megahertz radio frequencies, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth operate in the higher gigahertz range, along with your household microwave. Most computers and devices now have wireless adapters built in. For Wi-Fi, let's say you're uploading a document to the cloud. A computer's wireless adapter translates your information like a Word document or image, into a radio signal and transmits it. A wireless router receives the signal and decodes it, sending the information to the internet via its physical wired connection. The same happens in reverse, say when you're streaming a show to watch on your laptop. 
Bluetooth is most commonly used to communicate between a primary device, say a desktop computer, and secondary or peripheral ones like a wireless keyboard, mouse or earbuds. It's a small network called a PicoNet. It works a bit like Wi-Fi, but at closer range. Bluetooth-enabled devices have a microchip with a small antenna and software to process the signals. When they are close enough, paired devices can exchange data via radio waves instead of cables, a system which uses very little power. There's a lot of overlap between the two technologies, but there are also differences. Wi-Fi in general is open to more devices and users, has a larger range and speed. Bluetooth is closer range, only connects up to eight devices and is far less power hungry. Most of us use these techs every day, but there are a couple of interesting applications. By attaching Bluetooth beacons to buses with detection devices at stops along the route, the wireless tech provides a cost-effective and accurate alternative to GPS for tracking the location of buses. And Apple AirTags, those little coin-sized tracking devices, work using Bluetooth too. Here's the thing though, the tags themselves don't actually track their location. The tags transmit a unique identifier using Bluetooth, which is picked up by the closest compatible Apple device in range, probably a stranger's iPhone, relaying their information to the tag's owner. So your AirTag location is actually based on the GPS location of a random stranger's iPhone. How far can the signal go? Wi-Fi was designed for local area networks, and most regular Wi-Fi routers can reach around 50 metres indoors or 90 metres outdoors. But researchers have demonstrated the ability to extend Wi-Fi hundreds of kilometres in Venezuela and Italy. The Italian Centre for Radioactivities achieved an unamplified link of 304 kilometres stretching from Tuscany to Sardinia. A multi-hop approach using a series of nodes can relay the signal even further. In Peru, for example, the Rural Telecommunications Research Group established the longest Wi-Fi chain, which uses 17 hops to stretch 445 kilometres, providing internet to many small villages. Bluetooth technology is intended for shorter range connections, but can stretch as far as a few hundred metres. With all these wireless signals constantly transmitting and receiving, moving around your home, school and workplace, you might have wondered at some point whether this poses any health risks. Radio frequency electromagnetic radiation is the name given to the transfer of energy by radio waves which can result from natural sources like the sun or artificial sources like communications technologies. Australia's Radiation Safety Agency, RPANSA, along with international authorities like the World Health Organisation, say there's no scientific evidence suggesting exposure to the low-level electromagnetic energy associated with wireless technology leads to adverse health effects. In theory, if a person was exposed to very high levels, 
the radiation could heat human tissue, causing damage. But in practice, the levels in the normal environment are way below safe exposure limits. Wi-Fi and Bluetooth do contribute the most in terms of exposure to this kind of radiation, and levels are increasing over time. But a longitudinal study in the British Medical Journal involving 13 countries, including Australia, found that exposure levels remain orders of magnitude lower than regulated limits in all of the countries investigated. Arpanza even undertook a comprehensive study of Wi-Fi in schools in Victoria and New South Wales, measuring exposure levels inside school buildings, the library and outside in the schoolyard. It found typical exposure to all types of radio frequencies, Wi-Fi, radio, mobile phone, television, were hundreds of thousands or millions of times below exposure limits. If it's mostly harmless, why does US Vice President Kamala Harris refuse to use Bluetooth headphones? Well, like so many modern digital technologies we've covered on Ha, from Barbie to Fitbits and robot vacuums, both Wi-Fi and Bluetooth can be used for spying and surveillance. In a 2019 study, University of Chicago and California researchers showed it was possible to turn ambient Wi-Fi signals transmitted inside a person's home into spy signals giving creeps and spooks the ability to see through walls even without knowing the location of devices. When a person is standing or moving inside a room, their presence and location can be accurately determined by analysing the strength of the signal or the way it is deformed or degraded as it moves and refracts around human obstacles. The researchers call it a silent surveillance attack, conducted with the help of small, accurate and unobtrusive devices called Wi-Fi sniffers. Protection could be provided, the researchers say, by insulating buildings against Wi-Fi leaks or by emitting a cover signal to confuse the data by making it look like there's always people around. There's a whole list of weird wireless hacks, all with wonderful names like blue snarfing and blue bugging. Blue jacking, for example, is a way of sending unsolicited or unwelcome messages to Bluetooth-enabled devices. Unsurprisingly, advertisers have shown interest in using the technique to send unsolicited messages to people's mobile phones as a shopper walks in the door. And apparently hotels are using the Bluetooth-enabled technology to allow guests to walk in and be automatically checked in, or by universities to record attendance. So, how public are these technologies? The problem, according to a professor of cybersecurity at Edith Cowan University, is that devices which use Bluetooth weren't and aren't designed with privacy or security in mind. A relatively unsophisticated hacker could intercept the radio signals connecting the headphones to a device and eavesdrop on phone calls and remote conferencing. Someone with more skills and experience could use privilege escalation 
to gain access to data on the central device. There's even a whole range of Wi-Fi-based spy apps allowing people, say an employer or a parent, to spy on any devices connected to the Wi-Fi, showing what apps they're using, internet searches, text messages and emails. Some take photos of users every time they unlock a device. To be safe, only leave your Bluetooth devices in discoverable mode when you pair. And maybe avoid divulging national security secrets when you're wearing earbuds. For the latest in science news, don't forget to check out the Science Briefing, also available here on the Listener app. And head to cosmosmagazine.com for more science just like this. Otherwise, we'll be back again next time for another Huff Science Explained.